0: That was a big one. You know what else is a big one? What? This episode. Is it? It is. It it's, is! It's episode... <laughs> it's, it's 250 cents. It's episode 100. It is. That's crazy. Yeah. This is... This is the day that every first grader looks forward to. It's 100 day. 100 day. 100 day. And I'm pretty
1: stoked. I am pretty stoked. We'll say... Uh, more about that at the end of the episode so yes. that if people are just tuning in to hear their state they're not people bombarded like, what with is going our love. on
0: <laughs> they're bombarded with our love every day let's be real yeah. but it's our love for each other
1: if you're just tuning in for the 100th episode which is weird because it's in the middle of a series that we're doing but uh this is crime culture this is us this is us no that's no, tv show this is
0: us yeah <laughs> Once I said that, I was like, oh, wait, we can't say that. <laughs> is we'll that copyrighted? Soon. Is that phrase copyrighted? Probably. Shit. Probably. I, I can't imagine it's not. That's not. Should it anyway. be? No, but is it? Probably.
1: All right. Well, we are in the midst of our uh, United States of Horror series, where we cover every single state in the United States. Uh, talking about serial killers and urban legends and various other spooky shit. and uh, Like cats. Yeah. We're doing them in alphabetical order, if you haven't noticed. And uh, last week we began with, well, it was the first one. Alabama. So we began with Alabama and ended with Georgia. And now we're starting with... Hawaii.
0: Yep. So why don't you dive on in? All right, diving into the blue waters of Hawaii. Ooh, there's crime happening by you. I was about to say, and (laughs) we're, like, hella in character today. Also, I should probably address this. My voice is going to sound funky because I had laryngitis up until two days before we were recording this so that's super fun and cute and i didn't tell haley until five minutes before we started recording this right i heard as soon as you turned on the mic haley was talking about our episode for this weekend and i was like yep our episode that's happening this weekend the one that we're recording our episode this weekend yes that's the one that i'm going to have a voice for yes just (laughs) not saying a word to her that hey i can't speak right now so That's fine. yeah if i sound if i sound a little bit i feel like i'm i'm sounding very brooke davis from one tree hill this week so we're just gonna go with that so right, it's like it. is it a true crime podcast is it a sex hotline we don't really know you but be starting the judge. you be the judge yes let us know um except if it gets a little too creepy please don't let us know um <laughs> so we're starting with hawaii and Haley. i have a feeling i did this wrong again but i tried
1: there's no right or wrong it is our podcast it is what we make it. all right
0: but i didn't do it the same as you therefore <laughs> it is fine. wrong it doesn't matter so for the book i did the top true crime book based yeah. on the state okay 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 then i think yeah. i did it right um so for hawaii their book is who named the knife which is a 2006 novel by linda spaulding um it's actually autobiographical It's got a 2.99 out of 5 on Goodreads. 2.99 out of 5 on Goodreads. Mm -hmm. And the synopsis is when a murder occurs in beautiful Hawaii, the suspects are two young mainlanders on their honeymoon. May Ann Acker is 18 years old. Her husband, William, is 28 years old and just out of prison. Ew. Linda Spaulding is chosen as a juror for Marianne's trial. So Linda Spaulding is the author. And surprisingly, the chief witness against her, against Marianne, is her husband William. Spaulding had her doubts, but on the last day of the trial, she is abruptly dismissed from the jury, and Marianne is found guilty. So, who named the knife is the story of how, 18 years later, Spaulding tracks down Marianne and uncovers much more than the answer to the question of her innocence. What results is a complex journey into the twists of fate that spin down that spin two lives down different paths. And who named the knife offers profound insight into the human heart. Mm.
1: But yeah. I like that it was written by a juror in the actual drawing. Yeah.
0: yeah. So they've I seen thought that it was all. was cool. I was like, ooh, girl, you've been here. You've done this. Yeah. So that's cool. I'm excited. Living the dream. And then our urban legend are the Night Marchers. Ooh. It is the Night Marchers? Um, so basically, they're spirits of ancient Hawaiian warriors who, as their name would suggest, march around the islands at night specifically in and around sacred areas to protect them mm-hmm. and they clearly stole from the melon heads because the legend has it that if you look directly at one of them you'll be marked for death
1: isn't that like medusa that if that's, you look at no, her, you, that's turn the to fucking, stone?
0: you turn to stone but no like yeah, but this is like with the melon heads sort of where if concept. you look at them and it's like okay well you're gonna die now all right the melon heads will track you the fuck down and apparently so will these night marchers Damn. and if by some chance you find yourself in the middle of one of their little marches you are supposed to lie down in the middle of the road until everything is over and when i read that all i kept thinking about was that scene with the marching hyenas in lion king one and a half
1: you mean like the nazi marching hyenas
0: yes yes the, <laughs> the very same yes <laughs> where they Timon literally are like, are like uh, uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly that's yes, a whole other understand that's a whole other thing that's a whole other podcast yeah um so yeah and then our documentary for hawaii and i did it right this time and i did (gasps) the number one documentary in hawaii which thank god like everybody watches none yes because the only true crime documentary that i could think of was forgetting sarah marshall so obviously this wasn't going to work um so the number one documentary In Hawaii is actually the Central Park Five, which is a 2012 documentary written and directed by documentary vet Ken Burns. Everybody knows him. He's on PBS 24-7. And his daughter, Sarah Burns, also wrote and directed it. She also wrote the best-selling book about the events upon which this documentary is based. And her husband, David McMahon, also wrote and directed the documentary. So they kept it in the family. Jeez. And... Given that it is a Burns family production, it does understandably have a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes tomato meter and an 86% audience score because, again, Burns.
1: Yeah, makes sense.
0: But for those who don't know what the documentary is about, for those who don't know about the Central Park Five, in 1989, per uh, Rotten Tomatoes, five black and Latino teenagers were arrested and charged for brutally attacking and raping a white female jogger in Central Park in New York City and news media swarmed the case calling it the crime of the century but the truth about what really happened did not become clear until after the five had spent years in prison for a crime that they had not committed Mm. and for those who are unaware our illustrious leader helped putting them away so and he still thinks they're guilty spoken like a true orange
1: i i think we'll definitely cover the central park five yeah we got that's a much bigger case than that tiny synopsis yes. gives it credit for it yes. it was
0: huge yes yeah and if you're interested in watching the documentary learning more about the case before we cover it it is on prime um oh, nice yeah so you can watch it there and finally given that hawaii is like the happiest place on earth sorry disney um there aren't really many crimes to like famous killers or famous anything to do with hawaii i mean mark david chapman lived in hawaii for a while we've talked about that yeah um but the only really one the only one i could really find was the honolulu strangler also known as the honolulu rapist and this was hawaii's first known serial killer who was responsible for the death of five women in honolulu between 1985 and 1986 and Mm -hmm. there's not much information out there about them because the killer has still not been caught (gasps) oh <gasps> yes but their victims are denise hughes luis madeiros linda pesci vicky gail purdy and regina sakamoto so that's what we got there for hawaii a nice and, unsolved yeah like leave creepy. it to hawaii now I, now i really want to go <laughs> no i don't I do. know how
1: a I mean yeah it's a series of of islands but can't you figure i Think there's a way to be able to figure out who it is because you're on a let like
0: yeah you're locked well, there, in. yeah there were people <laughs> who came forward and were like i think i know who it is but they couldn't really uh-huh. say much and it's still yeah. unsolved but i've Ooh, seen so i spooky. have a feeling it was the night marchers these women got marked for death because they looked them Ooh. in the eye or they didn't lay down in the middle of their little their little nazi march but who knows that's a thought it's a thought probably not a correct thought but it's a thought
1: you could yeah yeah That's all you got for Hawaii? That's what I got for Hawaii. All right. Well, our next state is Idaho. who Idaho. Yeah, you are. (laughs) And the uh, true crime book from this state is Give a Boy a Gun, A True Story of Law and Disorder in the American West by Jack Olson. Yeah. Very intriguing title. Yeah, I'd pick that one up. Yeah. So uh, the synopsis as her goodreads or amazon i think it's the same on both of them it says claude dallas jr was raised in upper michigan and ohio by a father whose philosophy was give a boy a gun and you're making a man after high school the young man went uh to the rugged border area of idaho oregon and nevada and worked as a cow puncher which (laughs) what (laughs) Uh, and a handyman i like to think that he just <laughs> runs into the middle of uh, just uh, a field hands. of cows and just oh punches my God. <laughs> anyway uh so he worked as a cow puncher and a handyman on several ranches <laughs> oh I love but that. his dream was evidently to become a 19th century a 19th century style mountain man and so he turned to poaching and often killing animals even though he had no need for the meat punching cows yep in 1981 he killed two game wardens in front of a witness on the run for 15 months he was eventually captured in a shootout and found guilty of manslaughter in a singularly bizarre trial
0: damn yeah
1: and it's got a 3.99 out of 5 on goodreads that would that's that's a good score
0: yeah i'd take that
1: yeah uh i have two like top urban legends from the state of idaho you can only have one well i'm gonna talk about (laughs) two okay because because the the favorite true crime doc i'll just say the favorite true crime doc like the most watched uh true crime documentary of the state is abducted in plain sight which we have a whole episode on yeah yeah never would have guessed yeah we have a whole episode on it i don't even want to give a synopsis because if you have not seen it yet it is bonkers uh you can watch it right now yeah um you can watch it right now in the US at least on Netflix. I'm pretty sure it's available everywhere because of
0: how wide the phenomenon yeah. has been.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but um check it out on Netflix and I would I would highly recommend watching it with no details. Like don't look it up first. Just don't Do even not read pass the synopsis. Do not Just watch it.
0: $200.
1: Yeah, it's nuts. Um so that's why I have two urban legends because the crime documentary one i can't really talk about because we we already have i think our episode is episode 53 we did a review of it so sure after you watch it go listen to that i have no idea <laughs> so one of the top urban legends is the phantom jogger of canyon hill Ooh. and i know i like i like when they use phantom in, yes, in an urban legend very intriguing
0: or even just like i'm like it makes you think of the phantom killer of Texarkana. that's another one where you just yes like, Ooh,
1: yeah that was like that? episode six or something it was very early, early yeah on. um so there are rumors of many hauntings in caldwell idaho's century-old canyon hill cemetery but the one that gets the most attention is the midnight jogger and legend says that if you park your car between certain trees in the cemetery at night the legless aberration will knock on your window and let you know that she's there before continuing on her route legless yep
0: that's nope. what it
1: says nope okay bye but also not like a super creepy one like she just um, like knocks on your she's window and goes, legless. Hey.
0: she is legless yeah and true. i have a feeling that it's not like a clean like just legless being i have a feeling there's some carnage there oh we'll have to go and check it out no you know what you can do that (laughs) i will let you have the honor of that you can you can go on my behalf i will allow you i will give you this gift okay
1: well my second one is it sounds a little more creepy and it's the water babies of massacre rocks, the water
0: babies that sounds like the hottest children tour that everybody wants for Christmas. well, it's not <laughs> so water babies don't are say. they're a native American
1: legend that are found in a couple different places in America, but most famously at uh Pocatello at Massacre Rock State Park, and the Shoshone tribe was first recorded in eighteen o five and they were roaming the great plains as early as the 1500s so it's not clear exactly where the legend originated but as the story goes the Shoshone experienced an extreme famine and mothers were forced to drown their babies in the river rather than watch their children starve yeah that's horrible yeah that fucking sucks um so today some people claim that if you sit quietly at the river by massacre rocks you'll hear the sound of babies crying other stories say that these babies grew gills and fins and survived, oh. and they now seek revenge on their mothers by luring unsuspecting victims to their deaths in the river.
0: I don't like either of those. Yeah. I like neither option. Nope. Neither it's a little is creepier the... than
1: uh, somebody just running by and going, hey, I'm here. And it's then a big no thanks. Yeah. And lastly, the scariest serial killer um, from the state would be Paul Ezra Rhodes, and there's not a ton of information on him, but in 1987, he shot a junior high teacher and two convenience store clerks over a period of a month. He was later arrested at a casino after police determined that the same gun had been used for all the crimes and the bullets for that specific gun were found in Rhodes' car. Nope.
0: And he was executed in 2011. Um. Yeah, that's, that sounds like something that would happen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's Idaho. 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 That's you. That's right. Love you. Said it There you go. So next we got Illinois. Yeah. Um Illinois. 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 Is. Um everybody just unsubscribed. <laughs> and so for the book. If you're from
1: Illinois, your state is spelled dumb.
0: Haley, I think it's a Native American word. Oh we've well, taken enough stupid. we've we've done enough or our ancestors they've done enough that's true um forgive me i i'd like to think say that there was an earthquake on my desk just now but it was actually felix jumping up and then immediately jumping down from my desk Catquake. Um, catquake yes but so the book for the entire state is The Devil in the White City, Murder, Magic, and Madness at the Fair that Changed America by Eric Larson. Mm -hmm. It's a 2003 novel. I couldn't quite figure out if it was fiction or nonfiction. (laughs) I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of both. um, But it has a 3.99 out of 5 on Goodreads. And the synopsis is two men, each handsome and unusually adept at his chosen work, embodied an element of the great dynamic that characterized America's rush toward the 20th century. The architect was Daniel Hudson Burnham, the fair's brilliant director of works and the builder of many of the country's most important structures, including the Flatiron Building in New York and Union Station in Washington, D.C., the murderer was Henry H. Holmes, a young doctor who, in a malign parody of the White City, built his World's Fair Hotel just west of the fairgrounds, a torture palace complete with dissection table, gas chamber, and three thousand degree crematorium. Burnham overcame tremendous obstacles and tragedies as he organized the talents of Frederick Law Olmsted, Charles McKim, Louis Sullivan, and others to transform the swampy Jackson Park into the White City while Holmes used his attract, used the attraction of the great fair and his own satanic charms to lure scores of young women to their deaths. So mm. what makes the story all the more chilling is that Holmes really lived walking the grounds of that dream city by the lake. Which is why yeah. that last line, I was like, oh, so is this fake?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's like more of an invented story, but based on reality, real events. Yeah, yeah. but kind of like reinventing through the... uh the information that we do have like yes kind of creating more of a story of it but um hh H. Holmes, we've already talked about um yep, and we
0: will talk again
1: yes we've mentioned we don't have a full episode on him yet but we've mentioned him before and we will and, have a full um, episode eventually yes and we'll talk more about devil in the white city and other developments of uh that book such as film adaptions
0: yes spoilers abound yes yeah ye. yeah but um Then, staying in Chicago, our urban legend is found mostly in the Chicago suburbs. It's been active since the 90s, and basically, all over the elementary schools, the big thing was that there was a weird-ass dude dressed as Homie the Clown from In Living Color. Oh. Um and that he was driving around in a white van luring kids into it with offers of candy and money (laughs) that's Um, horrifying yeah and why why we gotta go with the clown from in living color but anyway um it's just a clown yeah but like uh, so I'll get into it in a minute because of all the clowns that you would pick in Illinois homie the clown is not the one you should be picking Mm -hmm. and we'll get to why in a minute yes but yeah he would lure kids into his van and in some variations he was a kidnapper but in others he was a rapist but yeah no matter what homie clearly left a mark whoops a daisy i dropped my phone on like what year was this
1: this is in the 90s oh in the 90s yeah
0: yeah homie left his mark but not in a good way that's pretty recent
1: for an urban legend i also thought you just said
0: that's pretty racist and i was like that too (laughs) yes like come on chicago you're better than this but um and then the documentary is the 2017 film out of thin air directed by dylan howitt and it has no tomato meter score on rotten tomatoes but it does have a 54% audience score so i don't know why it's the most popular in chicago i mean in illinois but that's fine uh-huh but yes yeah, so the synopsis per rotten tomatoes is set within the stark icelandic landscape out of thin air examines the 1976 police investigation into the disappearance of two men in the early 1970s iceland in the 1970s was an ideal A farming community pretty much cut off from much of the rest of the world. Crime was rare, murder rarer still. Then two men disappear under suspicious circumstances and foul play is suspected. The country demands Mm -hmm. a resolution. Police launch the biggest criminal investigation Iceland has ever seen. And finally, six people confess to two violent murders and are sent to prison. It seems the nightmare is over, but in many ways, the nightmare has just begun. Spook. Yes. And if you're interested, it's on Netflix if you want to watch it. If you're in Illinois, you probably have already watched it. But for everybody else, that's where you can find it. And now getting to my clown reference from earlier, the most notorious serial killer in Illinois is a little guy called John Wayne Gacy, a.k.a. Pogo the Clown, which is Mm. why I don't understand why we're gonna go for homie when we got fucking pogo who was like an IRL lurer of children yeah killer of children
1: Although I don't think he ever attacked anyone uh as he was dressed as a clown
0: no but still yeah that's more realistic than fucking Homie. yeah poor homie um but yeah we're gonna cover John Wayne Gacy later so I yeah. don't want to say too much, but 26 in the basement, know, five
1: in the river. I think that's all I'll say about that.
0: Okay. Thank <laughs> you. And that happened between 1972 and 1978 in his Norwood Park home in Cook County, Illinois, which is like a part of metropolitan Chicago. Yep and in 1980 he was convicted of one count of indecent liberties with a child one count of sexual assault one count of sodomy and 33 counts of murder and was injected and was sentenced to death by lethal injection which was carried out in 1984 literally two days after i was born oh shit
1: yeah you weren't born in 1984.
0: 94 no that's what i'm saying 94. 94. oh i thought you said 1984. no literally he was (laughs) killed two days after i was born. Shit. So am I the reincarnation of John Wayne Gacy? We'll find out. Stay tuned. Yeah. Stay All here right. for another 100 episodes and we'll find out. But that yeah. is Illinois. Nice.
1: Next up, we have Indiana. Ooh! Yeah. I've been to Indiana. It's uh, really nice, the area that I was in. Uh, I did a show my when I was in, like, seventh grade. We did... What was it called? The Music Man and there's a song in it it's called gary indiana and i was like oh i want to go to gary indiana because of the song you know it's a cute song and then uh i looked it up with the person i was going with and we're like oh it's a crime real like (laughs) heroin dungeon (laughs) so we didn't end up going to gary indiana
0: heroin dungeon (laughs)
1: but we okay. went to indiana dunes national park it was just made a national park in february of this year this is not oh, wow. about true crime but you should go and see it because it's really really nice it literally like the water looks like you're in aruba like it's oh, gorgeous cool. we took oh, pictures awesome. uh by like the lake uh beach area that's there and people literally thought we were like on an island oh, it was that's not awesome
0: t- um yeah. anyway to i'm back a big to the fan crime. of indiana's eagletonians and ponians myself Oh, exactly. Parks
1: and Rec. I don't have any Parks and Rec information <laughs> here, but I do have some true crime information. Uh, okay. Uh, the true crime book from the state is The Notorious Mrs. Clem, Murder and Money in the Gilded Age by Wendy Gabber. Ooh. Gabber. Um, so in September 1868, the gruesome remains of Jacob and Nancy Jane Young were found lying near the banks of Indiana's white river suspicion for both deaths turned to nancy clem a housewife who was also one of mr young's former business partners in the notorious mrs clem uh, wendy gamber chronicles the life and times of this charming and persuasive gilded age confidence woman who became famous not only as an accused murderess but also as a peddler of uh, patent medicine and the supposed originator
0: of the ponzi scheme (laughs)
1: Clems. Whoa. <laughs> yes,
0: very interesting. TIL so- a woman invented the Ponzi scheme. I love it.
1: Yes, I will have to read this one. So, Clem's story is a shocking tale of friendship and betrayal, crime and punishment, courtroom drama and partisan uh puddle pot- ticking? I don't even know what that word is. Get rich quick schemes and ticking b- you
0: mean? I think it was spelled wrong on um, whatever I looked it up. Okay. Like cuz uh, partisan has to do with politics, that's why I'm wondering. I got it sorry i did not mean to woman splain. <laughs> it's okay i i got a wrong spelling on here that's
1: fine um, it happens it happens to the best of us uh it also raises fascinating questions about a woman's place in an evolving urban economy and it has a 2.68 out of 5 on goodreads okay yeah but so, a woman invented the ponzi scheme who knew that's all that matters yeah and the urban legend, I brought up uh, the Indiana Dunes. So this is Diana of the Dunes. Ooh. So dirty fisherman Diana?
0: first.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could say
0: that. Lady Diana?
1: She was cleaning herself in the, in the lake, so.
0: Aw, and my cats are cleaning
1: <laughs> themselves right now. Good. Uh, Fishermen first started reporting sightings of a woman skinny dipping in the waters off Indiana's Lake Michigan coastline in 1916. And that's because Alice Gray, the source of the Diana legend, was still very much alive at this point. Um, The exact circumstances that caused her to live a reclusive life in the Lakeside Shack aren't entirely clear, but the years that followed saw her marry a man who would later become a murder suspect and then die an early death, allegedly from uh, poisoning. And it was a specific type of poisoning that's like a buildup of toxins in your blood when your kidneys don't flush everything out properly which sounds like a fucking horrid way to go yeah it sounds like something on house yeah um so her ghostly presence has been a subject of local lore ever since today the story goes that along the shores of lake michigan fishermen vacationers and other passers-by report sightings of diana which is a ghostly nude female apparition floating along the shoreline and eventually disappearing into the water without a trace i will say when i was there i did not see her but i also wasn't looking. so maybe that's <laughs> my problem. that could be um, it. i also have another uh popular true crime story, uh urban legend because i thought diana the dunes wasn't spooky enough.
0: so this is the legend of i don't know, it seems so pretty spooky to me. she just like all you see is like a all naked you lady see is apparition, titties, but at the same time <laughs> You saying titties are spooky? Have you ever, I'm just saying, have you ever walked in on someone naked that you were not supposed to walk in on? This is basically what that is, but also a ghost.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's not spooky to me.
0: This is the legend of the
1: 100 Step Cemetery. This is far spookier. Um, So the 100 Step Cemetery is located in the town of Brazil, and that's a town in Indiana, which beats me, I guess. You can name a town after a country um and though the official address is really disputed it might be in brazil might be in the town over um it's not clear when the stories about the cemetery uh haunting began but there are gravestones that date back to the 1860s so it's a very old cemetery the legend states that if someone finds themselves in the cemetery at midnight they must climb the steps and count to 100 at this point a ghost of an undertaker will appear and show the person a vision of their death On the way back down, the visitor is supposed to count the steps again, and if they count the same amount of steps, the vision is false. Nah. People who visit... Yeah. (laughs) Very spooky. Nope. Um, People who visit the cemetery in the past have tried to outsmart the supernatural forces in 100 steps by avoiding the steps altogether. They've reported being knocked or shoved to the ground by an unseen force. Spook. I'm not about that. That's spookier than see through
0: naked boobies. Uh, All right. Yeah, I stand corrected. I don't like that. I don't want to show up with either, (laughs) like, have either of these people show up, quite frankly. I get it. But
1: Uh, the most watched true crime documentary in Indiana is The Fear of 13. And the list I found says it's the same one as Idaho. Uh, Sorry, Iowa. Um, So it's a 2015 British documentary film that explores the story of Nick Yarris, who was convicted of murder and spent 21 years on death row in Pennsylvania. He was released in 2004 when DNA evidence proved that he was innocent of the crime. Uh, It's got a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, 89% on Google, and 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb. It is currently uh, available for streaming on netflix in the u.s okay and the scariest serial killer of the state of indiana would be herb baumeister and he was the owner of a thrift store chain called save a lot and he was a family man who was uh quote unquote dedicated to his children according to his wife um what she didn't know though was that from the 80s until about 1996 He'd go to gay bars, pick up men, and lure them into his indoor pool and kill them. Oh, is that all? Yep, that's all.
0: Um oh, his, well
1: then. What is it with the story? state and water? I don't know. Lots of, lots of water lots in the Lots of water. And it's, and it's uh... Landlocked! Only Lake Michigan. Yeah, yes! It's, it's only on Lake Michigan. Anyway. <sighs> so... His story was featured on the A&E show Investigative Reports in 1997, um, an episode called "The Secret Life of a Serial Killer." The History Channel featured uh, the case on their Perfect Crime series. It was also featured on The Investigators on True TV in 2008, Behind Mansion Walls on uh, uh, the ID Discovery Channel, Paranormal Witness on Sci-Fi in 2012, and Ghost Adventures in May 2014. And there's an independent documentary film titled The Haunting of Fox Hollow Farm. And that also explores uh, the crimes and the possibility of hauntings on the grounds of the Baumeister's uh, former estate. And ID featured the case again on the series True Nightmares in October of 2015. So it's covered a lot in a lot of places. So if yeah. you want any more information
0: on this uh, spooky guy, you can go and check that out. Mr. Spooked or... Yeah give me some spook bum, 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 bum.
1: but I would say the truest crime Ooh. of Indiana would be when uh Jeremy Jam Eagleton seceded stole... from Pawnee <laughs> yes <laughs> you got me I was gonna say when Jeremy Jam stole Leslie Knope's office
0: <laughs> <laughs> or when he tried to ruin her wedding or when he the tried saddest to... yeah. death
1: in all of Indiana was uh
0: little Little sebastian Sebastian. (laughs) he's five thousand candles in the wind yeah that's indiana oh nobody from outside of the u.s knows what we're talking about but that's okay it's parks and rec watch parks and rec just watch parks and rec yeah when you're
1: too tired of true crime shit parks and rec
0: watch parks and rec when you need a palate cleanser watch parks and rec yep you're up oh i'm up i was like waiting for you to keep going i was like okay what next <laughs> serial killers last part whoops um all right so next we have iowa and for that the book is patricia l bryan and thomas Wolfe's 2005 novel midnight assassin a murder in america's heartland Ooh, i know It has a 3.46 out of 5 on Goodreads, and its synopsis is, In 1900, Margaret Hasek, the wife of a prominent Iowa farmer, was arrested for bludgeoning her husband to death with an axe while their children slept upstairs. Cute. Ooh. The community was outraged. How could a woman commit such an act of violence? Well, let me tell ya. First-hand accounts describe the victim, John Hasek, as a cruel and unstable man. Perhaps Margaret Hasek was acting out of fear, or perhaps the story she told was true, that an intruder broke into the house, killed her husband while she slept soundly beside him, and was still on the loose. The newspapers across the country carried the story, and community sentiment was divided over her guilt. At trial, Margaret was convicted of murder, but later was released on appeal. Ultimately, neither her innocence nor her guilt was ever proven.
1: Hmm. So i'm gonna s- call bullshit on the fact that you could be sleeping sleeping soundly yes and they I can know. get bludgeoned with an axe and you don't wake up
0: yep mm, i'm yep. calling bullshit come yep. up with a better lie lady this ain't some tooth fairy shit but yeah
1: yeah <laughs> she must be the she must have had some type of ambient or lunesta or something <laughs> because nobody sleeps that soundly i believe they just called it cocaine back then <laughs> <laughs>
0: If a fucking truck backfires on the street outside my apartment, I am immediately awake. I've been sleeping because laryngitis with a humidifier, and every time it like does that little like glug 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 thing where it takes in more water, (laughs) Michael has been woken up like sitting straight up in bed, thinking it's it's one of the cats. Yes. (laughs) But she immediately know you're talking about. She can't fall asleep and. Wake up to her husband getting his like head chopped off. Checks out. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, lady. Margaret. <laughs> but yeah. Um, next up is the Urban Legend, which again is giving me more pop culture vibes. It makes me think of the Weeping Angels in Doctor Who because Ooh, it's it's the black angel and she stands over eight thousand feet tall in Oakland Cemetery, which is in Iowa City, and is she's black because of oxidation. But um, Because of this appearance, multiple legends have, like, resulted from her being there. Mm -hmm. One says that a pregnant woman should never walk under her or else she'll lose the child. So if Planned Parenthood gets made illegal in Iowa, then we know how to fix it. Um, Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) Others say that if you touch or kiss the statue, you'll be dead within six months. Um, So I have a meeting with the statue And whether haunted, cursed, or completely harmless, the statue is either way, like a really like depressing, like people just get really sad and depressed looking at it. Yeah. So that's the, that's the black angel. And then the documentary is the fear of 13, which at first I thought had to do with the number 13. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, like we did an episode on this, but no, it's a 2015 documentary directed by David Sington about Nick Yarris. I just talked about it. Oh, did you really? (laughs) Yeah. That was the last one. I thought... I thought I... So I'm really stupid. I thought that it was different. No. It's the same one. I heard that and it did not register with me. (laughs) It didn't register. I don't know why it didn't register, but it didn't register. But also, and we'll talk about this in a bit, I had another documentary that was... um, Huh. Uh Paradise Lost, the child murders at Robin Hood Hill, one of the states, that's their favorite. And mm. I did a whole thing of research on it before I was like, wait. We already talked about it. Yeah, I was like, Haley talked about this one. <laughs> Yeah, there are some double a thousand. Also, for those who don't know, I'm not on my like hundred percent because there is somebody who's continuously like ding dong ditching and yelling outside my door. So I'm also about to get taken. So I'm a little more concerned with that.
1: That's Right, we'll have cut that that part out. With
0: uh, we will yes, we'll have cut it out. Magic. But I want you guys to be aware that if <laughs> we if this is it, if 100 episodes is it, that's why because I've been Liam Neesoned. Yep. So. For their killer, though, in Iowa, get this. I talked about how Hawaii is the happiest place on Earth, but it appears that Iowa has no serial killers. What? Yeah, I know. To me, that's bullshit, but, like, whatever. Okay, so... There's
1: nothing to do but cocaine next to your sleeping husband and
0: murder. No, no, that's not me. No, yes, it is. Just God. (laughs) God, I'm just more focused on, like how I'm going to Liam Neeson this shit. Okay. So if you're from
1: Iowa and there's something cool to do in your area, let me know because I haven't been there yet. I'm trying to do all 50 States, but it just looks like if
0: you're from Iowa, we need a a serial killer. Yeah. In Iowa. So your mission, should you choose to accept? No. Um, (laughs) So who I do have is serial killer, Carol Cole. His crimes were not committed in Iowa, but he grew up there and when he lived in that state that appears to have shaped his life into the serial killer he would become okay um because while he was living in iowa he lived with his mom who would often physically abuse him Ooh, yes and with that he obviously grew to hate his mother and then it turned into it devolved and became that he just hated women in general so between 1948 and 1980 cole strangled and killed 13 women across multiple states um saying that it felt like he was killing his mother when he did it that was his like motivation Jesus yes and his victims included S.E.L. Buck Marie Cushman and Diana Faye Younglove Paschal who was actually his wife um but many were uh, uh, like his other victims were not identified okay um so in 1984 he was found guilty and sentenced to death and he refused to appeal his sentence because quote it would be unbearable to stay and quote here any longer as in like he did not want to live so yep. he was executed in 1985. damn yep but yeah iowa where you been why you slacking yeah, right
1: Goddamn, yep um my next state is kansas Can you guess the true crime book from Kansas? Is it The Wizard of Oz? No. It's a big one, though. You probably read it in high school. Is it? It's In Cold Blood by Truman
0: Capote. I didn't read it in high school. I went to a Catholic high school. I went to a Catholic high school. Yeah, that's true. We were too busy reading Black Like Me. (sighs) God. Yeah, I know. I would have (laughs) rather have read it in Cold Blood.
1: Yeah, so I had to read it in high school. It's a very famous uh, true crime novel, so... If you don't know about it, here's the story.
0: On November, story.
1: F- <laughs> on November 15th, 1959, in the small town of Holcomb, Kansas, four members of the Clutter family were savagely murdered by blasts blast from a shotgun held a few inches from their faces. There was oh. no apparent motive for the crime. Yeah. Spook. That's nice. That's, that's healthy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there were no apparent motive for the crime. There were no, almost no clues. And as Truman Capote reconstructs the murder and the investigation that led to the capture, trial, and execution of the killers, he generates both mesmerizing suspense and astonishing empathy. At the center of his study are the amoral young killers Perry Smith and Dick Hickok, who vividly, sorry, who vividly draw by Capote are shown to be reprehensible yet entirely frightening, entirely frighteningly human. In Cold Blood is a seminal work of modern prose and remarkable uh, synthesis of journalistic skill and powerful, evocative narrative. It has a four point zero seven out of five on Goodreads, and I think Capote and one of the the killers like had like romantical uh. things going on. Oh, vaguely okay. remember I read this book in tenth grade, so it was a while while ago ago.
0: a minute it's been a good Um, minute
1: yeah but there's definitely more
0: i i think there's a movie in cold blood i want to say what's his name philip seymour hoffman maybe he's in it i believe he is in it yes r.i.p philip seymour hoffman gone too soon i think that was also no it wasn't cocaine never mind it wasn't he didn't no i don't think so i believe it was sleeping pills oh shit cocaine Um, (laughs) great just
1: sing it (laughs) um Yeah, so there's a lot of information on this case because it became huge after he wrote about it, so um, you can do your own research on it. It's a good book. Um, Again, I have two urban legends from this state because the uh, favorite true crime documentary is Paradise Lost, The Child Murders at Robin Hood Hill, which which we've we've never talked talked about about before. (laughs) I made sure I didn't cover any doubles, so we talked about it in Arkansas. What?
0: Nothing. Good. Keep going. Alright, you know what? That's quite enough out of <sighs> you. I've had so, quite enough.
1: One of the urban legends from the state is Stull's Gateway to Hell. And Lucifer is rumored to be from the tiny town of Stull, Kansas. Their most famous oh. resident. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna okay. venture to say he's the most famous.
0: Yeah, I feel um, like that. I feel like that. He's world renowned, so that's a big get. Um, it's so some say
1: <laughs> some say that he appears at the town cemetery on Halloween and the spring equinox. They say that he uses the site where a roofless church once stood as a portal to and from hell. Some say that he's drawn to the site of uh, frequent witch hangings, while others believe one of the graves actually contains Satan's own child.
0: Hmm, The first published
1: article, (laughs) Satan's Own Child. Yeah. Uh, The first published article about the area is traced back to 1974 um, in the University Daily Kansan, though whispers about the evil have persisted since the 1900s or so. In 1998, the hanging tree was torn down to stop people from visiting.
0: Oh, is that? No, never mind. I was going to ask if it was the tree in Hunger Games, but never mind. No, quite a different tree. Quite a different tree. I mean, they're both called the Hanging Tree, but mm-mm.
1: Yeah. My next urban legend also follows the devil theme. It's the devil's chair. And legend I've says that, that an old farmer in Alma refused to sell his land to the city in order to build a new cemetery. So someone pushed him into his own well and killed him. Oh! Yeah. Yeah. Was it Margaret face? Was she sleeping during that too? (laughs) Eventually someone said that there was a terrible smell coming from the well, so the city sent someone to investigate. It was ruled that the well was empty and it was boarded up.
0: Oh, God.
1: Yeah. Now, if you make your way to Alma, you can actually sit on the boarded up well, but legend says that the people who have sat on the well have been known to mysteriously disappear. Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Nope. And finally, the scariest serial killer from the state is a big one, a heavy hitter, if you will, which we will be doing an episode on, and that is Dennis Rader, also known as the
0: BTK. BTK. But yeah. But they're also doing a thing on right now. Are they really? Yeah. They're doing a on movie a or a series or something. Sign? Yeah, something. No, like a like a live action, like you know what I mean, um, like an actual movie. Yeah, or a TV show or something. I was just reading about this. Clearly, sure. I wasn't reading it in depth enough to actually absorb any of the information, but they're doing something on him. Damn. Yeah.
1: Well, if you don't know about BTK, you can wait for the episode that we're going to be doing on him, or I'll just give you a tiny little synopsis. So, Dennis Rader was a respected church leader and family man in his hometown who bound, tortured, and killed. That's how he got the name BTK. BTK. Yep uh 10 victims all while tormenting the police with letters describing the murders he pleaded guilty to 10 counts of
0: first-degree murder for which he got 10 life sentences and the reason why i will not get a home security system
1: yep also the reason why floppy disks are not used anymore oh god (laughs) (laughs) once we do the full episode on him you'll understand (laughs) yes all right so that's kansas all right. Bye, Kansas. I haven't Moving been to you right yet, along. either,
0: Kansas. So tell me what's cool to do there. Yes. Meanwhile, we're at Kentucky, and you know what's cool to do in Kentucky? What? Your cousin. But anyway... It's <laughs> oh. <laughs> not cool. No, and it's not, it's not necessarily true. Um, you've got your cousins, you've got your siblings, you've got your second cousin. Hey! No. All, right, all right, all right, I'm done. We've lost all of our listeners in Kentucky. Um, I've been to Kentucky. It's a cool place. I've heard good things. I, I went I, to Bowling Green. We were supposed to drive through it when we were moving across the country, and then I think like we got rerouted or something. But I've heard good things. Oh, because you went to Nashville, right? Yeah, and that was a last yeah. minute little thing, a last minute yeah, venture. But um, so Kentucky's most popular true crime book is Joe Sharkey's 2017 novel Ooh. Above Suspicion," which has a four point zero three out of five on Goodreads. And the synopsis is a harrowing account of crime and conscience that exposes the dark side of the nation's top law enforcement agency and the complex workings of the human heart. When rookie FBI agent Mark Putnam's illicit involvement with an informant turns into a fatal attraction, he kills in a fit of passion, unwittingly committing the quote, perfect crime. A movie based on the book, starring Amelia Clark and Jack Huston, and directed by Philip Noyce was set for release in 2017 but I did not really look into it enough to know whether or not that's a movie that actually came to be because sometimes they don't but yeah yeah that sounds cool though yeah it does um but so then their next urban legend then their next urban their urban legend um (laughs) is so the goat man and I've heard of the goat man and so basically, I think there's... I have a
1: goat man in my research too.
0: Shit! Did we do the same state again? No, we didn't. There's, okay. I think there's multiple goat men. Oh, then maybe this is the. goat... All right, we need to compare notes, and I will tell you which goat man I've heard of because this sounded okay. very familiar. But maybe it's your goat man because I remembered this a little differently. I think there's a goat man in Texas too, which is the one I think I know about. Which one was the one with the bridge? That's
1: yeah, that's the one in Texas. No, because wait, I think this has a bridge too. Huh. huh. Fuck.
0: It's yes. right? maybe there, um, there's just various goat men guarding bridges. Alright, one of the goat men I have definitely heard of. Um but for this one, there are a few origin stories. Um some say that he was a farmer who tortured goats for Satan. Uh some say that he was a circus freak. Um like either way, he ended up turning into a goat man monster thing. Like I don't cool. really know how or why, but he did. However, everyone does agree on his appearance. Dark fur, pale skin, goat legs, and horns. So basically, he's Phil from Hercules. Good. And the monster is said to hide under a bridge at Pope Lick Creek in Louisville. And he lures people onto the train tracks, and then he watches them as they get hit by oncoming trains. (laughs) Um, You know, how you do. I
1: I think it's Louisville. Lou louisville
0: i was wondering then, when i read it i have no idea Haley, <laughs> you're asking the person who knows the least about pronunciation i know i've gotten yelled at before for saying it wrong all right then maybe it's louisville I sorry it's louisville. please don't yell at me you're gonna yell at me enough anyway because i said something about your cousin like okay um so then unfortunately <laughs> i don't know why i'm laughing this is not good but sometimes i laugh when i'm uncomfortable um There have been some tragic events surrounding this urban legend. And in 2016, an Ohio woman actually fell to her death from the bridge while looking for the goat man. Oh, wow. Yeah. So then their documentary is Operation Odessa, which is a 2018 film directed by Taylor Russell, which is an awesome name. Yeah. And it has a 100 percent on the Rotten Tomatoes tomato meter, and a 90% audience score. Damn. Yes. And the synopsis is a Russian mobster, a Miami playboy, and a Cuban spy walk into a bar. No. Um, (laughs) They try to hustle the Russian mob, the California drug cartel, and the DEA for what they think is the score of a lifetime by selling a Soviet submarine to a Colombian drug cartel for $35 million. Whoa. And I really need to know how this plays out. Yeah. Um, something tells me not good. But if you want to know, like I do, how it all plays out, you can watch it on Apple, um, on their little streaming service they have now.
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: um, And then finally, their serial killer for Kentucky is Donald Harvey, a.k.a. the Angel of Death, Ooh. who claimed to have murdered 87 people, though official estimates are actually saying that it was more likely between 37 and 57 people between 1970 and 1987. Mm-hmm. He committed these murders while he was working as a nurse. Oh. Yes, yeah, so he was one of those nurse killers. Yeah. Um. And he was convicted of 24 counts of first-degree murder and was sentenced to three concurrent terms of life in prison in 1987. However, in 2017, Harvey was found in his cell, having been severely beaten by a fellow inmate, and he died a couple days later as a result of his injuries. Hmm. So didn't quite get the ending the court system was hoping for but
1: yeah but yeah that's kentucky an ending nonetheless yes an ending next up we have louisiana and the true crime book from the state is murder in the bayou who killed the women known as the jeff davis eight by ethan Ooh. brown yes
0: so Killer between
1: <laughs> uh This is like a more recent case, too. So between 2005 and 2009, the bodies of eight women were discovered around the murky canals and crawfish ponds of Jennings, Louisiana, a bayou town of about 10,000 in the heart of the Jefferson Davis Parish. Local law enforcement officials were quick to pursue a serial killer theory, opening the floodgate of media coverage from CNN to the New York Times. Collectively, the victims became known as the Jeff Davis Eight, And their lives, their deaths, and the ongoing investigation reveal a small southern community's most closely guarded secrets. As Ethan Brown suggests, the homicides were not the work of a single serial killer, but the violent fallout of Jennings' uh, brutal sex and drug trade, which is a backwoods, underworld, hidden in plain sight. Mixing muckracking research and immersive journalism over the course of a five-year investigation, Ethan Brown reviewed thousands of pages of previously unseen homicide files to determine what happened during each victim's final hours. Epic in scope and intensely suspenseful, Murder in the Bayou is the story of an American town buckling under the dark forces of poverty, race, and class division, and lightning rod for justice for the daughters it lost. This book was on the New York Times bestseller list and it has a 3.52 out of 5 on goodreads sounds good yeah pretty recent too 2005 to 2009 yeah and i never heard of it i was gonna say i'm surprised i haven't yeah yeah mm-hmm. um my urban legend i might need uh some help because i think it's in french hey elliot <laughs> want to read something in french real quick okay <laughs> this is on the spot, people. Uh, so read me something about, French. Hello, everybody. Hi, Dad. We're talking about an urban legend, and it's from Louisiana, and they speak French there, right?
0: They do a uh, very, Cre- very Creole. Uh, yes. I'm not sure. Yes. I just I know it's a very strange dialect. That's all I know. I believe maybe it is just Creole. in New Orleans.
1: I don't know. It is
0: New Orleans. Orleans.
1: All right, so the Moving urban on. legend from this state is
0: the vampire Comte de Saint-Germain.
1: Yeah, there that's French. That was some French there. That's some fucking and French.
0: Jacques Saint-Germain.
1: Jacques Saint-Germain. Jacques shows Jacques. Jacques your mom.
0: Jacques Saint-Germain. Jacques Saint-Germain. Jacques
1: shows <laughs> your mom. I can't say it. I can't say it, but he anyway, He shows your
0: mom. What Got he shows it. her, we don't know, but he shows her something. He's going to show her death. Um So
1: (laughs) Yes He was said to have been a vampire Born in the early 1700s Other accounts say that he has been alive Since Christ Oh Is he Christ? After quote unquote dying in 1783 He was spotted all over Europe Before reappearing to terrorize New Orleans In 1902 And he can still be seen On the hunt for
0: victims today In the French Quarter Going by the name Jack and he can still be seen trying to show your mom whatever yep. it is he's been trying to show her all this time.
1: Uh, I have another uh, Another urban legend.
0: Urban legends are my favorite, well. if you haven't noticed. I
1: have. Um, I
0: have noticed.
1: <laughs> so this one is called The Grunch. Where have I
0: heard of this? I've heard of this. Really? Yes. Not The Grinch. The Grunch. No, I know. I've heard of the Grunch, I don't know why. Well, let's see, let's see.
1: So Grunch Road is an old dirt road that leads deep into the woods and eventually to a dead end. And it was a favorite place for teenagers to go and, you know, make out. Um, That is until they learned about the Grunch. And the Grunch are rumored to be a group of deformed, half-human, half-monsters that resulted from years of isolation in the Louisiana bayous. Today it's said if you're on Grunch Road and you see what looks like an injured goat... Don't get out of your car. The mm. stories say that the Grunch use goats to lure people out of their cars so they can drain their blood and eat them. Nah, fam.
0: Yeah, not here for this. Uh, Louisiana's not fucking around. Apparently not, and apparently that's because of the Grunch. Yeah. No and fucking the, just Grunching. Um,
1: <laughs> the most watched true crime documentary is The Last Defense, which on the list I found it's the same as Alabama and Connecticut. Um, okay, so it's the it's two stories. It's about Darlie Ruder, Darlene, Darlie Ruder, ah. and uh, Julius Jones, both women. Orange Julius, uh, <laughs> quite the same. Yes, I know. Uh, they both insi- insist that they're innocent to this day. Uh, Darlie was sentenced to death in 1997 for the brutal stabbing and murder of her two young sons. Um in 2001 when he was a 21-year-old college student Julius Jones was sentenced to death for carjacking them, uh, and murdering a father of two. Oh shit. So yeah, this documentary looks at the personal stories of both of them and uh traces the past that lead both to their places on death row. That's fucked up. And it has a 94% on Google and a 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Not bad. Yeah, I think um, Darley Reuter was the subject of um, a recent, like, oxygen special or something. I think that's why I remember the name. Okay.
0: I don't um, know, so I trust you.
1: Yeah. And then we have the scariest serial killer from the state would be Sean Vincent Gillis. And he said that he was feeling stressed out, so he did what any of us would do and started a 10-year-long kidnapping, mutilation, and ki- and murder spree yeah, in 1994. Yeah, like something I would do. Yeah. I don't have a ton of information on him, but um, in that 10 years, he killed eight women, and he is currently serving a life sentence at Louisiana State Penitentiary.
0: Cute. So much. Love that.
1: That's Louisiana for you. Louisiana. Fast. Louisiana.
0: The oh, bad chicken from Popeye's um it's true ask me how many sandwiches i've gotten from popeyes so far don't ask me it's very sad i have zero i have so many <laughs> i have too many
1: <laughs> i have to drive by a taco bell to get to a popeyes so you know I'm oh never yeah, gonna get you to that popeyes. it yeah you don't
0: make it the <laughs> taco bell has to be closed and it's probably yeah. a 24-hour taco bell uh i think it's open till two yeah that counts I'm old now, so I don't go out past two. Yeah, you don't go out after two until unless I make you go to the diner with me. That's um, true. All right. Well, next which up will we be have happening. Maine. Yes, it will be happening. We will be going. Yeah. Don't worry. I'll get my buffalo wings and my chocolate that's where, cake.
1: That's where we'll do a meet and greet
0: one day. That's where we'll do our yes, yes. Okay. Two o'clock
1: in the morning at a New Jersey diner
0: <laughs> sounds good to me. Let's make it happen. Um. All right. So next we have Maine, which is where my dad went to college. Shout out to anybody who is going to or has gone to the university of maine that's where my dad went i love maine portland maine is like
1: one of my favorite places i've been to maine a handful of times it is a great state although i've never been there in the winter
0: yeah yeah no i (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if i feel the same god damn yeah my my dad's dad left him a house there and i've just never been to it but apparently it doesn't have indoor plumbing so i feel like i'm not missing much um but yeah So, their most popular book was After the Eclipse by Sarah Perry, which was written in 2017 and has a 4.15 out of 5 on Goodreads. A nice Um, recent book. Yes, it's a memoir, too. A memoir. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck, indeed. But, yeah. So, um, basically, the synopsis is that when Sarah Perry was 12, she saw a partial eclipse of the sun, not a total eclipse of the heart. And she took it as a sign of good fortune for herself and her mother Crystal, but that brief moment of darkness actually 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 foreshadowed a much larger one. Two days later, Crystal was murdered in their home in rural Maine, just a few feet from Sarah's bedroom. The killer oh. escaped unseen. It would take the police 12 years to find him, time in which Sarah grew into adulthood, struggling with abandonment, police interrogations and the effort of rebuilding her life when so much had been lost. Through it all, Mm. she would dream of the eventual trial, a conviction, and all her questions finally being answered. But after the trial, Sarah's questions only grew. She wanted to understand her mother's life, not just her final hours, and so she began a personal investigation, one that drew her back to Maine, taking her deep into the abiding darkness of a small American town. Oh, wow yeah and i really want to read it after having done a little bit of research on it i was like "Ooh, this sounds interesting what happened to yo mama crystal or sarah what happened to crystal
1: if you want to read other spooky books about and from maine uh stephen king frequently
0: writes about maine oh yes yeah and his corgi maggie the thing of evil molly molly that's right but either way she's the thing of evil that's what i mostly remember her as she's perfect She's a perfect thing of evil who hates baths. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, definitely check out Stephen King and his books because he's very, very talented. And you can tell which ones he was high on coke writing and which ones he was sober. Um, yeah. But yeah. So next up, we have Maine's Urban Legend, which is the tomb of Colonel Jonathan Buck. And that's it. So it's located in Bucksport, as far as I can tell. Okay which I've never heard of, but I guess it makes sense if his name is Jonathan Buck. But um, basically the tomb has this weird like leg-shaped stain that nobody understands how it got there. And so the legend has it that Buck was basically like large and in charge and he sentenced a woman to burn at the stake for witchcraft. And while she was burning, her leg rolled out of the fire. Ooh and that's where that's where the stain came from um there's but it's also said that the witch cursed his tomb to always bear a stain for this injustice and that's kind of how they went hand in hand um but apparently people have tried to get rid of the stain twice but even if they do get it to go away it will reappear Ooh, Yup. not into it so and then like i mentioned earlier the top documentary was Paradise Lost, The Child Murders at Robin Hood Hills, which we've already mm-hmm. talked about and I researched anyway, which is fine. Everything's fine. And then finally, their number one serial killer was John Joubert. I think that's it. Or Jobert. Jubert. I don't know. But he was also known as the Nebraska Boy Snatcher and the Woodford Slasher. Ooh. Uh, he was convicted of murdering three boys in Maine and Nebraska between 1982 and 1983 and his victims were Danny Joe Eberle, Richard Ricky Stetson, and Christopher Walden. And he was convicted in 1984 and executed via electric chair in 1996. Mm. And there's not much more about him. Basically, he did his first killing in Maine, and then he moved out to Nebraska. And then he was, like, extradited to Nebraska when they found it. It's a whole thing. So it's technically Maine, but it's not, like, really, really Maine. But it's no. Maine enough. Close enough. Maine enough. But yes um, and that is it for Maine. And we got one more now, right? Yes, I have one more state,
1: but also one last thing on Maine. Uh if you're in the Portland area, I would 100% check out, I think we've talked about it before, the International Cryptozoology Museum. Yes, we have talked about it. It's super cool uh in Maine and it's crazy all the stuff that this guy has um you should definitely go and check it out anyone that likes this podcast will probably like the cryptozoology museum
0: i'm down to clown let's do it um
1: (laughs) yes we should we'll stay in my dad's dad's
0: house with no plumbing perfect there we go a true crime in and of itself no indoor plumbing that is a crime yep um
1: my last state is maryland yay hi gabby our friend Gabby gabby lives in Maryland. Um, The true crime book from the state is Homicide, A Year on the Killing Streets by David Simon. Um, And the synopsis says, The scene is Baltimore. Twice every three days, another citizen is shot, stabbed, or bludgeoned to death. At the center of this hurricane of crime is the city's homicide unit, a small brotherhood of hard men who fight for whatever justice is possible in a deadly world. David Simon was the first reporter to ever gain unlimited access to a homicide unit, and this electrifying book tells the true story of a year on the violent streets of an American city. The narrative follows Donald Warden, a veteran investigator, Harry Edgerton, a black detective in a mostly white unit, and Tom Pellegrini, uh, an earnest rookie who takes on the year's most difficult case, the brutal rape and murder of an 11-year-old girl. It has a 4.3 out of 5 on Goodreads, and the author david simon is the creator of hbo's the wire and oh this, yeah <laughs> so which also takes place in baltimore i believe yeah yes? i think so yeah um but this book homicide a year on the killing streets became the inspiration for a 1993 tv show on nbc on nbc called homicide life on the streets and it ran for seven seasons and it has a 91 percent on rotten tomatoes oh shit it's a it's a pretty famous tv show um, my urban legend is the Goat Man.
0: What the fuck? Where are these goat people coming from? This Goat right? Man—he travels. He travels more. There's than at me. least three of Goat Men that I know of now,
1: which is crazy. So, the first recorded media mentions of this Goat Man was in the Prince George's County News in 1971, courtesy of writer Karen Hosler. Um. The first was a deep dive into the Maryland folklore followed by an actual news item about a family blaming the brutal decapitation of their puppy on the goat man. A month later, the Washington post ran a national feature detailing the legend of the goat man. Ultimately the goat man has become one of America's most persistent and well-known urban legends with claimed sightings still occurring with regularity and cheesy fictionalizations pretty much everywhere. The Goat Man is said to kill teenagers, eat dogs, and scream like a goat. Nice. Why not? It's Um, (laughs) me. It's funny because the USDA was even forced at one point to publicly deny accidentally creating the beast at their Beltsville Agricultural Research Center. Uh, Another story revolves around a goat farmer who, after realizing a rowdy group of teenagers, killed his goat pack what's a group of goats i don't, I don't know. know all of his goats okay. um
0: all his goat brethren
1: yeah uh so the farmer went crazy and turned into a teen slaying goat monster spooky and then uh just for a little fun there's another uh urban legend uh cryptozoology urban legend and this is chessie the chesapeake bay monster yeah. and she's basically a loch ness monster type of creature about like 30 foot like 30 feet long and snake-like and stories of chessie have been around since the 30s but uh really started getting more popular in the 80s when photographic evidence became more commonplace
0: that's yeah uh, of course okay
1: i think there's another one in vermont too
0: maybe like a a chessie yeah that sounds familiar there's something yeah. like that in Vermont, I think. Maybe it's not Chelsea, yeah. but it's something like that. Um,
1: the favorite true crime documentary of the state of Maryland is The Keepers, and it's a seven-episode docuseries that explores the unsolved murder of nun Sister Kathy Sesnick, who taught English and drama at a Baltimore school. Her former students believe that um, her death was a cover-up by authorities after Sesnick Uh, Suspected a priest at the school, A. Joseph Maskell, um, was guilty of sexual abuse of students in, sorry, uh, it has a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, 94% on Google, and 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb. It is currently available for streaming on Netflix in the U.S. And the scariest serial killer of the state of Maryland is Joseph Roy Metheny. Metheny, and he was said to have killed between ten and thirteen people in the Baltimore area between 1976 and 1995. Although he was only convicted of two killings, and I'm gonna say you probably heard of this guy before because when I read this detail, I was like, oh yeah, I remember hearing about this case. So he had a food stand, and when he was caught, he revealed that he had mixed the flesh of his victims with animal meat. And sold it as burgers to his customers. Uh. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Nope. So he said, quote, if you mix them together, no one can really tell the difference. Nope. Yeah. mm He died in prison in 2017 at the age of 62. And that is Maryland.
0: That is something maryland you've done nothing but surprise us yeah
1: that is our part two of the united states of horror and we will get on with part three next week yes we will and um before we go i mean obviously you can go to the website crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com you can find links to all of our social media twitter facebook instagram all that stuff also the link to our patreon you can donate as little as a dollar as much as whatever you want and it supports us and the podcast and uh there's cool rewards at each level uh as an incentive for you guys to donate to us and uh we've been doing this for a hundred episodes so that's like a pretty big deal yeah i'd say we're kind of a big deal no
0: we are kind Um, of a big deal but this is kind of a big deal
1: yeah and i just want to shout out some of our like day ones or people that have been listening and interacting with us for a very long time. So, thank you Autumn, thank you Josh, thank you Camilla, thank yes. you um Julusan on uh SoundCloud, also yes. Pineapple Face on SoundCloud. Yeah. Um Cecile uh-huh. Candy the Wizard on SoundCloud. Um
0: there, yeah, there are more Louise. Our friends
1: at Lady Pod Squad. Yes. Um
0: I know there's people that I'm forgetting. Are, Obviously, this is like an Oscar for forgetting. This is awful. <laughs> like somebody uh, play us out, Elliot. Can, yeah. you, can you put that in here? Can you just play us out really quick? Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: you just start the start the
0: music now. Yes,
1: but thank you to every single person that has listened. Oh, and to, Elliot and Michael. Yes. Shit. <laughs> thank you to everyone that helps with the, the podcast. Yes,
0: yes. Thank you, Haley. Yes. Thanks. Um, okay, don't thank me. That's blue fine. Blue Yeti
1: microphones yes thank you um everybody so um i'll try to get a list together and we'll like post it on the website or something of thanking everybody because it's a lot of hands that go into something like this yeah and we are very very grateful so thanks everybody and we will be back next week for part three yeah we will oh
0: yeah hopefully if i don't get taken Bye. Bye.